the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Sideline Sanity with me, Michelle Tafoya, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There has really never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Go to LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. A little bit later in the show, I will share their phone number with you and tell you why I think this is the company you should be dealing with. They're the only ones I trust for investing in gold and silver. I love their support of this show. So if you like this show, please support them as well. It's not often we get to have a White House appointee on the show. Jack Brewer was appointed by President Donald Trump, and I'm going to read to you. He is uh, on the Commission on the Social Status of Black Men and Boys. And that commission still exists, and Jack Brewer is still on it. What's interesting is that Jack Brewer also has been appointed by Governor Ron DeSantis to a similar role in the state of Florida, where Brewer lives. Tonight, the former president, Donald J. Trump, is expected to announce whether or not he's going to run again. And most people think he's going to announce that he's going to run again. This Jack Brewer appointee that we're about to have on will be at Mar-a-Lago tonight. And uh, he has some surprising things to tell us about that and many other issues, ranging from abortion to social justice to politics to God. Stick around. This is a conversation you do not want to miss. For nearly three decades, she's reported the action from the sidelines. She started very young. She's covered the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and the college football and basketball national championships. And now, during these insane times in our world, Michelle Tafoya thinks we need a serious dose of sanity. This is Sideline Sanity with your host, one of the sanest people on planet Earth, Michelle Tafoya. Jack, it is great to see you. Welcome to Sideline Sanity. I had a tough time deciding how to introduce you. You know, I know there's the former NFL stuff, but let's be honest, so much of your life is outside of and beyond football if you're introducing yourself to someone, Jack Brewer of the Brewer Group, what do you tell people you do? I always start off with, you know, just a, a humble servant of God. Um, uh, I, I like to try to wear that on my sleeve. Uh, and so uh, anything that I'm doing, I try to bring it back uh, to God and, and to serving. Uh, and so in everything that I do, you know, whether it's the roles that I currently have or the positions that I hold, uh, it for in, in, in my mind and in my heart, it's all to serve God. And so. Uh, I don't take titles, um, you know, very serious. Uh, I, I just, you know, try to walk through every door that God opens for me. He seems to have opened quite a few. Why is it important to you to wear that on your sleeve that you are a servant, a humble servant to God? One, it holds me accountable. You know, it makes me be accountable to the word of God. And uh, when other people see you as such uh, and people get, you know, spiritual inspiration uh, from your walk or from your testimony, 
uh, I, I think it, it it holds you accountable and, and makes you uh, you know stay uh, on that on that path towards righteousness. And you know it's a path that will never be perfect. We'll never be able to perfect it. But uh, you know just like playing football, uh, you know I always looked up to those players that were doing it the right way, that that were leaders on the field, and I always looked up to the coaches that I saw work so hard and you want to try to emulate um, certain things from, from other men um, when you're playing ball and when you're growing up in society. Uh, and so I try to carry that same uh, perspective when I'm walking for God. It, it, you've, you've played with some greats. You've been around so many, but football is behind you. And now you find yourself seemingly representing a lot of people if I can nutshell it this way, in the world of politics and and policy, what is your biggest concern about the country right now as we just came out of the midterms? You know, I, I think our, our country as a whole, whether you're talking Democrat, Republican, independent, I'm a registered independent. I just happen to, to vote more conservative these days because of the, where the politics is, has laid. Uh, and But I think when you look at our nation, I, I think uh, this infatuation with red and blue, uh, with skin color, uh, those things have penetrated our politics. Uh, and I think we are missing our real problem, and our real problem is our culture. You know, we really have a cultural issue. We have a crisis in our culture uh, where, our, where we're, we are uh, appeasing uh, and a lot of times promoting uh, a culture that's demonic, a culture that is not righteous, a culture that doesn't have morality. Uh, and we are training our kids that things that are, are evil are actually good and things that are good are actually evil. Uh, and so that's a cultural issue. And if you don't get to the root cause of that, uh, it doesn't matter who you elect. It doesn't matter what issues you support or what policies you put in place. Uh, your foundation is not firm. It certainly feels that way. I would agree with you. Just in the last couple of days, we've had two stories in separate parts of the country that are really distressing, both involving universities. Right. The University of Idaho, we have four kids dead, all students at the University of Idaho. We don't know. I mean, they're saying that there's no need to be afraid that there's no one on the loose. That suggests maybe a murder-suicide situation in that case. Four kids, young, hmm. with futures ahead of them. At uh, University of Virginia in Charlottesville, where I just visited two weeks ago with my son. He's looking at that school. Beautiful place. We have a former football player killing three of his former teammates, or at least three current UVA football players. Just beautiful young men with gorgeous smiles. We've lost them at the hands of one man. People are going to want to point to the gun. I point to the perpetrator and what it is that has gotten has rotted them out to think that this is the way what do those two separate incidents sort of symbolize to you uh one it highlights uh fatherlessness in our nation for me uh i try to get to the root cause of every issue and you start looking deep in how we're raising our kids uh in the reality that we we build for our children right in the things that are accepted by them um, and this this generation is a lot different now. And so you saw that that VA uh, football player who killed three of his teammates, but he shot two more, shot a total of five kids in that situation, yeah. which is just horrific. And you think what was really going through his head? How do you 
think about that, perpetrate, to kill five people or to shoot five people, uh, you've got a lot of thought that has went into that. It wasn't something that was just a response or this is not something that was a, you know, self-defense. And so that's a spirit that was living in that child. Uh, and it's probably been there for quite a long time. But when you don't address those spirits, right? So coaches can't address spirits because coaches can't say everything that they need to say to, to men anymore. You know, everything is politicized. Uh, you know, you, you got to watch what you say, who you're offending and how you're saying it. And the culture is so soft now that you can't address real issues, right? The Bible tells us don't spare the rod or you hateth your son. The reason why it says that is because if you don't have stern discipline, when it comes to these issues and have some type of boundaries with these kids, then they can yes. go out, they can go out and do these things because at the end of the day, they don't have a fear of God. There's no one, there's no higher power holding them accountable because we haven't put that in them as children. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I've thought about that. I think there's probably a lot of mental illness that goes unrecognized. Apparently this shooter in Virginia had, had a background and was on the radar screen of authorities. And for whatever reason, it got to this point before anything could be done about it. And, you know, you can't just, you can't just arrest people because you think they're going to do something. That's, that's, that's counterintuitive and, you know, antithetical to what this country is about. But it is, you do wonder how this young man couldn't have been reached in some other way. And you bring up a really good point. What we're allowed to say anymore or do I can remember times when a teacher would hug me as a kid that's not allowed anymore hi everyone if you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault listen up we have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth call 800-702-5400 I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You cannot touch your students. Right. You know, even if you put a hand on their shoulder, someone could misinterpret that and ruin some a teacher's career, right? right. There are certain things mm -hmm. you can't say. They tried to fire coaches for having prayer sessions after football games. It's. I don't know how we got here and why we are so, as you said, soft about every little thing. And part of me wonders if we just life is so easy that we're looking for obstacles to overcome, and some of them are just stupid. It is, and we've taken advantage of our blessings. We 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 have have forgotten what sacrifice means. We think that freedom is free, uh, and we want to have this society that makes us all feel good. Well, the Bible never said that everyone's supposed to feel good all the time. It actually says you'll be persecuted for his name uh, and that you're blessed when you're, per when you're persecuted. And so I think sometimes we, we've kind of lost that. We want, we want to go on social media and everyone to like what we say. We want to yeah. be accepted by everything and we want all this happy-go-lucky. 
Uh, and then you think about think about our generation. I remember growing up, we had kids that had mental health issues, but they got their butt whooped, and they knew the truth and right from wrong. And there are there are a lot of mental health issues that we're allowing to just grow and turn into something much worse than they would be because we don't address them with discipline. We don't we don't hold people accountable. Even if you had a mental health issue, when I grew up, you still were held accountable. You better not act act crazy because you knew the situation and you knew the circumstance and the disciplinary actions that were going to be taken against you. We've lost that. I mean, just look, if you look at how Christian schools are operated and you look at how these secular schools are operated and you look at what happens in each one of these different type of schools in these type of type of environments, it shows you right there the situation that we're in, that's in front of us. Our issue is that we've tried to make everything secular. A society cannot work in the secular. Once you do that, then 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 you will not have any 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 barriers. And so I, I, it just saddens me every day that I drop my kids off at their Christian school. And I see and I talk and I see how those kids act and I have interactions with those parents and I see the emails that come across and, and I have the student meet the student teacher meetings with their teachers. It breaks my heart to think that I got other kids at my youth center um, that I support that have to go to these public schools. They get none of that. And it's just when you start to look deep and you start to see the reading and math proficiency level differences at these Christian schools as compared to these public schools. You start looking at uh, the graduation rates uh, and the success rates and the income levels of people that leave the two different type of institutions. It, you can't argue it. It is what it is. These kids need people praying over them. They need some type of godly influence and balance in their life so that when they have issues, someone's there praying it out of them. But if you don't have that, then you're going to have a society that we see today where we have literally utterly chaos in a lot of parts of our communities. You said something earlier that that struck me uh, regarding schools. You said kids are being taught things that used to be thought of as bad, but now they're trying to supposed to accept them as good and vice versa. And skin color comes up a lot, Jack, and I've seen it firsthand. And it is this notion that if you are born white, you are naturally racist. You you can't avoid it. And if you deny it, it's just because you can't accept it and you're too fragile. And if you go ahead and say, okay, I don't deny it. I am born racist. Then, then you're a racist. I mean, it's like there's no way out of it. And this, I don't know to what end, to what good this practice is leading. It, it's sad. And, and Michelle, it, think about it. it. It happens on both sides, right? Yes. If yes. you're white, you're racist. If you're black, then you're a victim. And so right, you're right. automatically oppressed. And so for me, I would say I'm a black man. So I'm looking through that those eyes and I, and I look around and, and I got to be honest. I get a lot of blessings from being black, but my blessings come from being black because I'm a man of God first. Right. And so I identify as a man of God, not just as a black man first. And so I think we we. There's always going to be racism because racism is evilness. So there's going to always be evilness in your heart. Right. But right. but but just but just always looking at the skin color is itself in itself evil because you're not you, you can't be pure if that's all you're talking about. And every issue is about the color of someone's skin. If I'm analyzing things through that lens, I'm going to find what I'm looking for. And so if yes. I want to find if I want to find racism, then I'm going to find racism. I just had a conversation 
They were talking about Kanye West and Kyrie Irving, right? Saying that they're treated differently because of the color of their skin. That is just not true. They're treated differently because they've, they've removed themselves from this culture. And so people want to disguise the issues with culture, with the issues of color. They have nothing to do with each other. Because if you come in my house, you will not play hip hop music that is played in the majority of black homes across America. You will not play that music. And my kids won't even be able to identify with that. My kids don't get up in the, and, and say, Dad, I want a new pair of Jordans. For My kid doesn't even know what that means. And he's 10 years old. Why? Because I don't raise him that way to look at stuff and name brands and things and those type of things. Those are cultural things. And so when we start to attach certain things in culture with certain skin color, that's where we go wrong. And that's the reason why we have this demonic perspective that everyone white is born racist when people don't even realize history. If it wasn't for white people, slavery wouldn't have ended because you had a bunch of white people who got sick and tired of the of the devilish nature of those putting people in, in into slavery. We should, yeah. that's common sense. I mean, just look at the numbers, you know? I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have good and you're going to have evil. And so to point those things on a particular skin color uh, is just ignorant. I, I couldn't agree more, and it is so simplistic, and it's an easy way out of any problem if you just say, well, I didn't score well on my test because it was culturally biased against me. That To me, that's why, why would you say that about yourself? Why would you say that you're not capable of learning what anybody else is capable of learning? I'm not saying you're supposed to get straight A's. No one is perfect, as you said earlier, but to 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 throw that out as an automatic hurdle in someone's way... Of course, they're going to use the excuse. It's easier that way. It's easier. Why aren't we holding people to standards of excellence that would make their lives so much better? We don't. The accountability doesn't exist in this nation right now. If you're a parent, you don't have to take care of your kids. Your kids can go out and harass the streets, ter- terrorize the streets, and you have zero parental accountability. You can have 11, 12-year-old uh, that's just creating chaos, and parents are not held accountable. We do not hold parents accountable for anything, and we don't hold the children accountable either. And so whenever you have a culture uh, that is so soft that no one's held accountable, you see what's happening in places like New York City where people are being arrested over 100 times. They're just letting them right out of jail. They know the system. They game the system. And it doesn't matter what color they are. People have in human nature is if you allow someone to get away with something, they're going to continue to do it. And so we've just created this soft culture. We call it righteousness. Um, This whole movement of social justice that's been renamed. This is not the social justice movement of of Dr. Dr. King and so many of the brave uh, Christian men uh, and women who are fighting for this nation. This is a different movement. Social justice now uh, is really what what is, is the root cause of many of our issues because it's creating a soft culture. That's telling boys that they can be girls and girls that they can be boys, confusing little kids. We have a lot of issues that are spiritual. And if we don't get to the root of them, we're going to have a lot more issues coming up in the years to come. Okay, we're going to go to break. But before we do, I want to tease our audience with this. Today is Tuesday, November, is it the 14th, 15th? And uh, former President Donald Trump is expected to make an announcement hours from now, Jack Brewer. Do you think you'd like to see him run for president again? I'm going to get your answer right after this. 
I saw something earlier today about someone thinking about their long-term financial plan and will they have regretted not putting precious metals into their portfolio now before, you know, things really hit the fan. And it's interesting because I've been talking about legacy precious metals for so long now, and I really believe that just a phone call to them to ask them how precious metals could help your long-term financial outlook would be a great idea. So I'm simply going to tell you that again. We're in financial times that are tricky, that are frightening a little bit, and that you know, you've got to think about your long term in addition to all the short term issues. So rather than saying, I just can't afford to invest right now, remember what the word investment means and give my friends at Legacy Precious Metals a call and ask them how gold and or silver might fit into your planning. Their number is 866-528-1903, 866-528-1903. They've also got a free investor's guide you can download at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. I'll remind you that in 2008, when things were financially eh, almost catastrophic, those who invested in gold saw really nice gains and others, oh, they lost their retirements. So find out what gold and silver can do for you how it can protect you against a weakening dollar and hedge against this inflation we're sitting in. Legacy Precious Metals, 866-528-1903 or LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. Back with Jack Brewer, as I teased, it, today's this this big Tuesday with this com- forthcoming announcement from Mar-a-Lago and the former president, Donald Trump, Uh, everyone's expecting him to say he's running for president again. And I have very mixed feelings about this. And I wrote an open letter, Jack, saying I wish he wouldn't. I would like to see less chaos, that he was built for 2016 when we wanted that disruptor, but now we want some calm and some, you know. And I've gotten a lot of response from both sides. A lot lot of people agree with me, and then there are certainly those vociferously disagree with me. Where do you stand? Well, I'll be there. First off, I'll be there. Today. Okay. I'll be there. Um, and I, I, I. So now I think I know where you stand. <laughs> no, no, I don't. No, don't, don't assume that. I, I, I struggled okay. with it. Um, and I've been in prayer for it. Actually, yesterday I didn't get much work done because I stayed in prayer most of the day, uh, and just calling on God for for wisdom and discernment. Um, because you know I'll I'll just you know come come out right. President Trump appointed me. Uh, to the Commission on Social Status of Black Men and Boys. So I'm a President Trump appointee uh, and still am. I still serve on that commission. Um, but I'm also a Governor DeSantis appointee. Uh, I'm the vice chair oh my goodness. Of, of the Florida Department of Juvenile Justice uh, Advisory Group. Uh, and so I serve as vice chair of that appointed by Governor DeSantis's office. And so I, these type of issues were starting to wear on me, you know, just thinking about the battle uh, that we're facing. And as I as I prayed to God, you know, he put something on my heart. Uh, and he said, you know what? You don't have to decide, you know, as a man of God, as a praying man of God, you don't have to make a decision on anything. All you have to do is bring that light. All you have to do is bring that prayer and that light. And so I'm going there today to pray for President Trump um, and to hopefully uh, bring some spirituality uh, to that room and the presence of the Lord uh, in that room. You know, Jesus ate and, 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 and dwelt and lived and taught amongst all types of people. 
Uh, and I think what President Trump uh, was appointed for in this country, we've all seen the fruits of that. Uh, when, you know, overturning Roe versus Wade and standing up for life and, and really opening the eyes to so many people uh, on, on issues. I mean, he opened my eyes to so much. And so from that perspective, I, I, I owe him a lot. I, I, I do feel some loyalty towards him for being able to open my eyes. I mean, the first per the first person I ever voted for Republican was President Trump. I never voted Republican before. I always voted Democrat. And so um, I do I do um, look up to him for that and I give him the credit for that. Um, but I will say I don't like the divisiveness. I don't like the divisive talk. Um, I don't think that it's called for. Um, but at the same time, I will give him grace because I, I know that uh, I, I need mercy at times and, and, and say things that I maybe shouldn't. And I know the power of God will reveal to us all uh, who he's anointed and appointed uh, to run for this office. And so I'm trusting in that. And so I'll be there. You know, if Governor DeSantis announces, I'll be there, too. If Glenn Youngkin wants me to come when he announced, I'll be there, too, in <laughs> prayer, in prayer. Um, I, I don't okay. think I think sometimes we force each other to make these decisions and pick these sides when that's not what the Bible tells us to do. The Bible never tells us to pick the side of man. The Bible tells us to pursue the righteousness of God. And so if I, I think if we all went in all of these situations in prayer. Right. And stuck to the word of God. Uh, I, I, I think. Uh, the the real leaders would rise up in our nation, uh, but that that takes a lot of discipline and spiritual discipline uh, to to remove your emotions out of all of it. Yeah, yeah, it does, it does. And you know, you mentioned Roe v. Wade and how the the Supreme Court that largely is credited to Donald Trump for putting those three judges in place. Three, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Two, three, three. Yeah. Um, three. Yes. Yeah. So. There, I live in Minnesota. You're familiar with it. You attended oh, yes. school. You played for the Minnesota Vikings. Lived there 10 and, years. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and you were smart enough to move south, and I'm sitting here in snow and cold today, but uh, eventually I'm, I'm going to be a Florida resident. Um, it, it, Roe v. Wade played a big part in the gubernatorial election here, and maybe some down-ballot elections, too. Uh, the man who was running for governor, governor on the Republican side, Scott Jensen, had been captured on tape saying, I am going to ban abortion. There's no reason we need abortions. Well, there are a lot of people who feel that this isn't such a black and white issue. It's not one side or the other, that there is some nuance to this, that if a young woman becomes pregnant, whether it's due to rape or incest or she's way too young and something happened and within a period of time, she can terminate the pregnancy safely, then that why are we scaring all these women into believing that they would have to carry every pregnancy? I know you're, you are pro-life. And so tell me where I'm wrong here, because this, this is, this is a plank in the Republican party platform yep. that I think, um, I, I think needs to be left up to women and their doctors. So I, I, I'll tell you, it's, it's interesting because first off I've had abortion before. Um, I was, in the, the state of mind that a baby wasn't living until it was older. And I was told that by, you know, the doctors and everyone else. And as I became closer to God and dedicated my life to God, my perspectives on that drastically changed. And it's actually something that I repent uh, for um, daily. But I think when you start talking about 
life and the right to life. And you start talking about that issue as a political issue. Um, I agree. If someone's raped and those those type of things, then I don't want to be making that decision for anyone. I know what decision I would make. I don't want to be making that decision. But I think those are outliers. And so for us to sit here and debate uh, on, you know, less than one percent of abortions, way less than one percent of abortions happen from those outliers. And so the vast majority of abortions are decisions being made um, because of financial reasons. And, and we mm -hmm. can't we can't deny that. I think that's where you start, need to start having a different type of conversation. You know, spiritually, when I start hearing people talk about choice, but they don't talk about righteousness, they don't talk about morality, they don't talk about how those babies were conceived, because right now that's not looked at as wrong in our nation. And that's where we're going wrong, is the fact that we have these conversations about abortions and about other, other issues, but we never address morality anymore. We never, our culture won't allow us to address what's right and what's wrong. Well, sometimes you're not supposed to be having sex anyway. So if we, if we started to have those conversations at a young age, we probably have much less people even wanting to need to get abortions. So that's where I like to start the conversation. And then secondly, when you start talking about, you know, a woman's right to choose, I mean, most of these states, just like you saw in Montana, uh, just like you saw in Colorado and other states, these, these states are allowing you to abort babies at like eight, nine months, man, that, 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 that is horrific. I mean, it's hard to sit here uh, and defend that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, most people don't agree with that. And the fact right. is, is you don't hear that conversation because everyone wants to talk about these one or two outliers, right? But there's a lot of abortions happening at five, six months, you know, four, five, six, seven months when a baby can almost live on its own <laughs> mm -hmm. If they were out of the wound and, and we don't have those conversations. And so I think the abortion issue uh, is complicated. But I think if people stop trying to spin reality and actually just yeah. talk with truth uh, and some accountability and let's just come out and say it. Do we agree with having sex before marriage? Do we agree with having random sex with people? And is that something that should be accepted in our society as righteousness and true and, and, and praise in our society? If we're going to all agree that that's the, the society that we should live in, then I think the conversation changes. But if it's if we're all agreeing, I know I don't want my daughter or my son out just having random sex with, with people and then having to go to the abortion clinic. I want to have that conversation. And I think if we don't, if we're not willing to do that, then it's going to be hard to set policies uh, around such a broad uh, kind of moral scope. Yeah. And unfortunately, both sides, both sides use this issue as a fundraiser, as a wedge issue so that they can, you know, pit one against the other rather than having an honest conversation about what we're talking about Amen. and setting policy that way. I, I, I That frustrates me to no end, which is kind of why I'd like to take it off the political table and maybe have a a medical ethics board involved or something. I, I don't know, but it, it it's the way it's being handled right now seems wrong to me I agree. Uh, on both sides. Uh, but you started that answer with, you said I had an abortion. What, what <laughs> I think you, what were you involved in one? Is yeah. that what you're trying to say? Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I had, I mean, I didn't have one physically, but it was my, <laughs> it was my baby um, yeah. that, that got yeah. killed. And so, yeah, I mean, that's where, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a murderer. You know, I mean, every day that I walk around, I'm a murderer. So I, I got to repent for 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 that decision. And I think, you know, God, God gives us that ability to 
to repent and, and find righteousness and seek righteousness. But in our society, you can't even have that conversation anymore. Like it's it's like I don't know. I, I, I think all of our problems are coming back to one to one thing. And that's that's we're refusing to to humble ourselves and, and get on our knees before God. You know, it's I had a conversation with someone recently about the religious void in this country and how it's being filled by other things, whether it's social justice or government or whatever. And, you know, there there is an interesting notion. And this is what I mean about where the void leads us. It leads young men to not have a connecting place, you know, a church, a group, a fellowship, a community with with similar values now and then you have that i really believe in sport i have seen sports i have seen football in particular save kids i have seen it save people it has given them a group it has given them guidance from coaches and other players who are older or who are helpful to them it has changed the trajectory of their lives but then you see people try to say well you can't pray after football games and it's it, to me, it's, I mean, what is it that we want? We want to eliminate all of religion from society, from even a a group of football players who willingly take a knee after a game. You see it even at the NFL game, Jack. It, you see, I, there are times I've waited for a post-game interview because the player I wanted to talk to was kneeling in prayer with the other players who and this happens after every game. That's right. There's a group of players who take a knee in the middle of the field and, and they pray together. And I, I hope to God, yes, that we never see the NFL try to take that away from the players because it's demonstrating some sort of Christian faith that shouldn't be demonstrated. This is, this is not a, a plea for everyone to be committed to any one particular religion. But I do think we all ought to accept that there's something bigger than the individual. Hey man, I mean, I think sports uh, is is the one safe haven uh, for spirituality in the locker rooms and uh, and the teams, as you mentioned, because uh, it it really is the fabric. Even even for for a lot of players who may not be living as righteous, right? To be around other teammates and and to be able to have kind of that 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 godly spirit fed into you, uh, and a lot of and a lot of folks become closer to God through their sports, uh, and I think. You know, that also starts with the coach and a lot of a lot of coaches uh, really embrace that. I know the majority of teams still say the Lord's Prayer before they take the field. Uh, And that's Mm -hmm. something that uh, I I think is ingrained in the game. Uh, And and as you mentioned, I hope that it never, ever changes because uh, for so many, that's that's the only place to get it. And that's kind of where they get their foundation. And so, you know, those are the same reasons why so many, you know, kids that play football and other sports, um, you know, even if they don't have a, a father at home or parents at home or people in their lives, you know, that that becomes, you know, their family. And that and that's where they learn a lot of those life skills that they need yes. uh, to go on. And I think, you know, that's 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 the reason why when you hear these stories like what happened in Virginia, why it just hurts so much. You know, you see that. I mean, it makes you ask this kid was he was he kicked off the team Did he not. Why was he not playing? You know, why is he the guy that's been, you know, kicked off for a year and a half from sports and he comes back in and he's shooting his ex-teammates? And so it just shows you kind of, you know, when, when you remove yourself from that family, um, you know, things like that can start to happen. If he had been in that family, I'm sure they would have been addressed by that coach, right? 
by that by that mentor, by that teammate uh, that would have been a lot closer to him. Uh, and so, you know, these are just examples of the importance of, of team and sports and fatherhood and ultimately God. It's um, wow. There's so much I could talk to you about, Jack. I could go on and on. And we don't have that kind of time, but I hope to have you back and we'll discuss some other issues. In the meantime, I'm going to be looking for you at Mar-a-Lago tonight when you're there. And uh, similarly, if in a, you know, six months, a certain Florida governor wants to announce, I'll be looking for you there too. You are in a very interesting spot, my friend. It's going to be a fascinating couple of years and uh, we'll keep touch in touch with you along the way if that's okay. Oh yes. Thank you so much, Michelle. God bless you. Jack Brewer, our guest. Thanks for listening to sideline sanity. Be brave and do good everyone. Happy to talk once again with Charles Thorngren, the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. You know, I think it still is confusing to people, uh, some people, uh, as to why a precious metals investment would be a worthwhile one, particularly at this time when they're thinking, I'm doing all I can to put gas in the car. Why is now a particularly good time? And we'll go from there to how small of an investment is worthwhile for someone? You know, a great question. And I think the the importance of why really comes into the fact that we have to save for ourselves, whether it's a little here, a little there, whether it's making it a plan and putting out so much a paycheck, whether it's making sure we fund our retirement account, we have to realize we are responsible for ourselves in the long run. <laughs> you mean that no one else is going to ride up and save us, you know, on some white steed? It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. You know, that, and anyone who's promising to do that is getting ready to take advantage of you in some form or fashion. Yeah. And so, so if, if I'm an investor, a potential investor, and I'm looking at legacy precious metals and I'm saying to myself, yeah, I, I, this sounds smart. I don't have a lot to spend. What would you tell that person? I would say, do what you can. If you never start, you never get there. So the most important step you can take is saying, I'm going to take care of myself and my family. I'm going to make it a plan. I'm going to take action. I'm going to start in the way that's comfortable for me. That's the important thing. The first step is always the hardest. But once you take that first step, the second step is easier. And then you're moving. And then once you're in motion, it's hard to stop you. So that first step, most important step. I always tell people they can call and talk to an IRA expert or, or check out the, the guide that they can download for free, the investor's guide. What, what is the number one question that you get from people who are first-time investors? The biggest question I get, is this right for me? That is the question. And that comes from everyone. So, so everyone's asking the same, is this right for me? And yet we're all so unique. And, and yet it, it is a sound investment for just about any portfolio, isn't it? It is. We, even though we're all unique, that uniqueness is going to tailor the way we begin the investment. Okay. But we're all in the same situation. That's the one thing I think we seem to forget in today's society. Whether you agree with somebody or not, we're in this together. America is in this transition that we're in right now. We're dealing with the same issues. Some people like them, some don't, but we're all in it together, right? So the need is the same. How we prepare and how we invest is what changes from person to person, but we all have that same need. 
It's a great point. And again, I encourage people to, to, to just make the call, pick up the phone. That step is always the hardest. I'm not sure why that is in any kind of effort that you make in life, whether it's weight loss or exercise or investing some way to better your life. It always seems like that first hurdle is, is the challenge. Uh, but when they call, who, who are they going to talk to? Who, what, what's going to be on the other end of the line for them? Great question. You're going to speak with one of our customer representatives and their job is not to sell you metals, right? We have a much different approach. We're going to answer all your questions. We're going to show you what options you have. And on the rare occasion, this isn't right for you. We're going to say this probably isn't right for you. Um, We have a gold company here, but you know, I, I say it all the time. What we actually deal in is customer service. We want each and every individual that calls to get the answers they need to be able to make the decision that's right for them. And we want to do that in a way that's not pushy, that's not salesy. And that's what makes my team so special. We care about each and every caller. And we're going to show you what options you have. And then you get to make an informed decision. So don't be afraid of the phone call. It's the best thing you can do. And this is why I am so honored and I feel privileged to be sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. They're the ones that I'm going to deal with. And I encourage you to pick up the phone, give them a call, even easier. Go check out their their guide. It's a free investor's guide at LegacyPMInvestments.com, LegacyPMInvestments.com. But as you said, Charles, pick up the phone. You're going to talk to someone who can answer your specific questions and get get the ball rolling, get get started, do something that is a long-term play for your family's benefit. Charles, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's always great to be here. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.